We all know that social media pretty much ruined our time during the pandemic, but is there a way to get past it? We'll find out with John Connolly of Projected and 7 Dust next on Chris Aiken Presents. What led you to write such a such a message based record? You know, I I, I think going through the pandemic, um, you know, it's like, all right, am I going to write a record about the pandemic? Is it going to be like, all right, this is a zombie apocalypse? We don't know what's happening. You know, a lot of it was just, you know, just everyone was going through the same thing. You sure. know, anytime that I would go out and I would see other people and talk to other people, you know, around the neighborhood, you know, because we're all everyone's on lockdown, so you're hanging out with your neighbors and. Sure. Comparing notes and no, nobody knows anything. So it's super easy to get sucked into the let me hyper focus on where I am and what I'm going through, because that's sort of the type of writer that I am. I write more from personal experience than I do, you know, fictional stuff. Sure. Um, and after a while, I was like, ah, oh, man, just shut up already. Like, I, I got it. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like you're, I'm sick of my own shit. Like, yeah, okay, right. cool. And then it was like, you know what? At some point in time, it's not going to be like this. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, of course, it's easy to address the fact that it it kind of sucks right now. But at some point in time, we're going to look back at this. We're going to take you know, there'll be takeaways. There'll be things that we could have done better, and things that we, you know, could have, would have, should, or whatever. But you know, it, you you always have to kind of throw out that line and just hope that you know there's something that's positive down the road. We don't know how far down the road it was. And, and with the pandemic, it was kind of crazy. Sure. As, especially as a musician, um, you know, I mean, you talk to someone who works at Publix, their life never changed. Right. I mean, they wore a mask and they had a shield. But other than that, they went to work every day. Right. But for a musician, you're like, okay, you're not getting a visa. You're not going on a bus. You're not getting in a venue. But you can write all the music in the world. So right. I'm like, okay, so it, it was sort of this, this double-edged, thing it was like all right i understand that i can't do this but i can really do a lot of what i love to do as much as touring i mean touring is great but i love being in that creative headspace and um there's plenty of subject matter when you're in the in the middle of a pandemic sure <laughs> but instead of focusing on the pandemic i was sort of more uh, fascinated just by the the human reaction to it, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, hypoxia is a perfect example. It was just like, that was 100% inspired by social media. Sure. You know, it was like, I went through like a four or five day period where every time that I opened up Facebook, someone blocked somebody. I just, I just deleted my mother. I just, you know, yeah. grandma's, grandma's been kicked off my, you know, TikTok or Instagram. And I'm, I'm like, why is everyone hating everyone? And then I went, oh, okay. You know why? Because everyone's getting frustrated. No one knows. They've, they've been locked in the house with, you know, to do it. mom and dad are trying to work out of the house. They've got three kids that are trying to do remote learning, you know, and they're all in either preschool or elementary school. And when I sat there and I thought about how frustrating it was for me, I looked around and went, you know what? At least I've got something to do. At least, this, like, no one's going to complain about me sitting down with a guitar and writing music for the next three or four months because right. that's part of what I do for a living. Right, right. Um, and it's part of what I, even if I didn't make a living doing this, I would still want to do it. So, you know, it, it's that slippery slope of, 
of course I want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about the metal version of, you know, the zombie apocalypse, doom, gloom, it's over, it's it, you know. It was like there there has to be enough uh, positivity in, you know, a lot of it just being hopeful. I mean, at that point in time, you don't know. I mean, when these songs were written, I was like, it could have been the zombie apocalypse. I could have been all wrong. I could have had it all wrong. (laughs) But, you know, there's that human, that human instinct to want it to be better. And I think that's where a lot of this stuff was sort of rooted in. It was like, okay, let me address the issue. But let me also give the fact that we, if we could change any of this, we would. Every human on earth, if they could snap their fingers and have that whole thing go away and just do a reset. We all would have done it. Exactly. And and I I agree with you so wholeheartedly about social media. I think, you know, I I actually think that social media, even though that that the door was open to say whatever the hell you thought, I actually think it actually hindered people in, in, in the guise of in past things. And the only thing I can really relate to that's huge in my lifetime is nine 11. And that was before really social media was blown up. I think we had MySpace at that point, but that was about it. Yeah. The difference then was if you wanted to vent about it, you wanted to talk to somebody, you had to pick up a phone and you had to call them. You had to call them or you had to go and see them or something like that to where it wasn't as volatile. You kind of like, if if you said something that somebody didn't agree with, you sort of got that pushback or, or at least that vibe of, all right, maybe I'm going a little too far with, with this person. You didn't jeopardize friendships over it. Social media, everybody's so willing to just say, Hey, you're an asshole. Even though, you know, we agree on 99.99% of the stuff, that one thing I'm ready to fight you to the death over. And it's crazy. That's the, the, you know, the thing that I think part of what drives that is, um, you know, you said it perfectly, instead of physically having a conversation, actually talking and hearing tone, you know, when you text something, there's a lot of latitude for how someone's going to take it. You know, sometimes I text and I go, Ooh, I didn't mean like that does come off a lot more aggressive than I thought that it did. You know, when I stand back objectively and look at it, sometimes that's what I mean. You know, sometimes that's the point, but a lot of what I think happens is when people try to have those conversations, um, you know, month four of the pandemic when nobody knows what's going on and everyone's super frustrated and everyone's just over it. You know, the Groundhog Day has like gotten old. And that's the point where you're probably spending more time on social media than you ever have. Mm -hmm. And that's where people just, tempers get short, texts get shorter. And the interpretation of what people are trying to say just gets completely blown out of proportion. I mean, I remember so many times where I was like, how am I in this argument right now? Like, I don't even (laughs) understand how I got here. Right. You know, and then eight hours of life wasted later, you go, all right, what did I accomplish with that whole ritual nothing right <laughs> I, I, I didn't convince them anything and i didn't make my life any better so at that point i was like you know what it's time to go in the studio and make a record so that's the perfect time to step off social media you know you check in on instagram every now and again sure you know 15 20 minutes a day and then you're done with it mm-hmm. but i think part of the you know the biggest part of that problem was when you're in the pandemic and you're on lockdown it's the easiest thing to jump on to unplug and everyone right. was doing it they were just doing it too much and they were getting too riled up over dumb stuff. Right. You know, no, you're right. Let's drink bleach. Let's not drink bleach. Let's <laughs> yeah. wear masks. Let's not wear masks. Screw you. If you do this and that, you know, I was like, Oh, now all of a sudden it's a political football. It's an election year, which makes right. it 10 times worse. Um, but yeah, it's like, 
I get it, man. We were all frustrated. I don't think I, anybody on earth was, well, no, there were a handful of billionaires. I'm sure Bezos was going, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> right, sure. You know, anyone who had Netflix stock or Amazon stock was going, please keep it up. You know, this is, right. this is the best. Other than that, everyone else was like ready to be on, you know, done with it. <laughs> sure. How, how frustrating was it for you as a musician? Because unlike unlike me, like I, 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 for the very most part, got off of social media. I just said, you know, the hell with yep. this. I closed my Twitter. I closed my Instagram. Yep. I just was done because I, I was doing the same thing. I'm arguing for 10 hours and <laughs> for what, you know, yeah. but for you, you can't do that because obviously social media is an important part of a musician's career. And especially somebody like you who's in seven dust that, you know, sure. is one of the more interactive bands with your fans anyway. Was it frustrating for you that you couldn't just really just close the door completely and be like, ah, fuck it. I'm going to leave this alone for a year. I mean, it, the more I'm on social media, the more I've learned I can do it without doing it. Like the world doesn't really need to know. Um, right. they sort of, they sort of get it. Like when I'm in creative mode, I'm not on socials as much. Okay. Um, part of it is because I don't want the experience of social media to keep affecting the writing process. You know, it's like, it's super easy to get sucked. At, All right, let me write another hypoxia. Let me write an, you know, it's like, no, I don't want to repeat the same stuff. Um, but at the other end of the spectrum, it's also something that, um, I don't draw much on social media during the creative process right. and I've tried not to, you know, I, I try to, I try to, to get my inspiration from other external things. And some of it obviously is going to come through on the socials, but it's just one of those things where I noticed that it's um, when I'm promoting a record, it's one of the best tools ever. If sure. you want to get the message out and you want to connect with your fans and stuff like that, you know, and sometimes I have to look at it and I go, all right, you know, on Facebook, I use it for what I use it for. I use it for family stuff. I use it to post about music. Most of it's more positive stuff, music related sure. stuff. And I can't get mad at the dude who's a friend of mine who wants to get on there and bash Trump or bash Biden or whatever, because that's what they choose to use it for. Right. It's my responsibility to just scroll by and not let it affect my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And I, th I, I think that's the biggest takeaway is I, I, I think. I think if you're willing to just say, look, don't read the comments. You know, I told Lejean this long, long time ago, back when Blabbermouth was first a thing. And, sure. you know, we, we, we didn't know how to take this. And what? Screw seven dust. I want to go in there. I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to go. I'm like, no, don't do it, dude. Don't, yeah. don't. That's what they want. They're trying to bait you into that yeah. thing. And if you want to be the guy who goes on there and do it, you can do that. I mean, I saw Trap do it unsuccessfully for two years during the pandemic, you know, yeah. not to name drop a band, but I was like, what are they doing? You know, like this is, this is absolutely mind numbing what they're choosing to do, but sure. it was his choice. It was his mm -hmm. choice to go out there and talk about that. That's fine. That's not where I come from. You know, right. I, I come from more of a, let me keep you updated as to what's going on. Sure. If you care about my political views, that's cool. I don't care if you care about them or not. You yeah. know, and that that's why I typically kind of keep them more on the private side. You know, in this oh. band, the, in Seven Dust especially, um, you got a big cross section of different points of view and sure. and, and and you know things like that. So we kind of learn to respect each other's opinions. There's right. always going to be someone who's going to think differently than you. Don't try to to get them to think your way. Just understand that they think that way, and that's fine. 
Mm-hmm. You know, no, you don't have right. to. You don't have to be right. <laughs> right, no, you can just right. exist. You know, <laughs> right, and, and and that's one of the cool things about a lot of the messaging on hypoxia. Hypoxia is, I I like. I'll I'll point to Stain as an example. I I love that song. It's probably my favorite on the record. But I love the message of it. Is that it's not necessarily the social media aspect of it. It's like, all right, dummy, you've been spewing shit for two years. How are you going to fix with your mom, with your dad, with your cousin, with your son, with your daughter? You know, that's a that's a way, way more important point that I don't think anybody thinks about when they're going crazy about whatever on on socials. Sure. You know, I think the as you get older, um, especially when you get to our age, <laughs> right. um, you look back and you realize, you know, I think one of the most valuable things that we have um is time you know mm-hmm. you don't you don't realize it until you don't have enough of it and you know it's shocking to me how many people have wasted so much time it's one thing to waste time if if you're just you know not into something okay whatever if you, if you never got into it that's that's a you know a totally different thing but if it's if it's these types of things you know, the, oh, I can't believe they said that four years ago. And I'm like, right. think about four years of time that you're never going to get back. <laughs> you know, now here's the thing. You know, if there's really is a beef, you probably could have buried that thing four years ago and not wondered, are they ever coming back or not? You just cut it off and be done with it. You know, cut right. that off and be like, okay, they, they got to go. But I promise you, you're always going to look back and be like, man, you know, was that really necessary over <laughs> the dumbest thing? Right. You know, it's always the little things. And especially when there's an election year coming up, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Here come all the experts, you know. (laughs) Right. It's like, that's where I'm like, all right, just keep your head down, be creative, you know, come up for air three or four months after it's all said and done, you know. But, but yeah, man, I mean, it's like, if you just waste time and just throw it out, you never get it back. You really don't. No, you're right, man. Well, well, um, John, talk a little bit about um, the the recording of this record itself, because I I read that of all the crazy things that you actually were able to do this together instead of you know here's an MP3 <laughs> send it over here and you know like everybody else did in the pandemic. So how how were you able to do it you know together and what difference did it make to the to the sound and the feel and the vibe? It was um, it was like the stars, the planets and the stars all lined up for the first time ever in the world of projected because projected's always lived in that world of you got a thousand hard drives here and there and everywhere. Um, you know, I'm grabbing bass tracks out on tour. I fly up to New Jersey to go track drums with Scott. And then E-Rock comes in three weeks later. He stays at the house, you know, and, and we piecemeal the thing together. And right. every now and again, you get one guy who sees another guy in passing. And then we show up for a photo shoot. We all high five. Yay, we're actually a band, you know. <laughs> right. So that was our existence for 10 years. And then fast forward to the pandemic. <laughs> we're all here in Orlando, except for Vinny. He's in Atlanta, which is like right. a seven-hour drive, you know. And he's just mm-hmm. like, oh, I'll just hop in the truck and I'll come down. And it was so weird because it was like all the rest of us are here at home in Orlando. And we got nowhere to go. So let's go in the studio and act like every other band on earth. <laughs> right. See what happens. Um, I think it had a, I think it had a huge impact on the way that the record feels and the way that the record sounds. Um, it's just more cohesive. I think together as a vision, it all makes sense. And 
I think that's just time in the saddle, you know, having all of us um, engaged and all of us engaged for a while. That's the other thing that a lot of people might um, not understand is when we did this record, <laughs> I was feeling a hole that Elvis had in his schedule. You know, we right. went in early and then he, you know, he told me, he was like, Miles is the next thing in here and I'm not doing him for like three months. So there's no rush. I'm not chasing you to get out of here. Like, let's take as much time as we want. So we were like, okay, let's, you know, some things need to marinate a little bit longer before you realize how good they are. Sure. Um, Stain is one of those songs. You know, I don't think Stain would have got the proper treatment that it deserved because it was one of the older pieces of music. It was mm -hmm. one of the first ones um, that sort of was like the nucleus of like, all right, here's the beginning. Um, that started at Hypoxia, ended it. But I don't think Stain would have ended up being one of the videos if we hadn't just said, let's just slow the process down and let's let's take time. Let's just make art. Let's not worry about whether it's going to be a video or uh, played on the radio or who right. cares. Let's just make ourselves happy and just hang out. And that's what we did. You know, we just vibed, we chilled, we hung out. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've never done that. So it, right. it's so easy when you're like, I wonder if this part sucks. Hey man, get over here real quick. And they listen to it and be like, yeah, that part sucks. Okay, cool. So I try something else. You know, just having that part in the process be different. Um, sure. Plays huge dividends because there's no guesswork. There's no question. You know, sometimes when you commit to something and then you're two or three months down the way, you go, ah, maybe I could have spent a little bit more time with that. Right. So on this record, we did. You know, we spent as much time as we felt comfortable with. I mean, we didn't get crazy with it. It was just towards the end we went, all right, let's do a deep dive. Let's right. go through everything and let's let's just, let's make sure we're all vibing, you know, because sometimes you're so far in it that you can't, you can't really be objective about it. Um, but we felt really, really strong about it. You know, it was like, usually you'll get that one or two guys who are not 100% sold on everything. But I don't know, man, as we were going through the process, everyone was just, you know, it was a good vibe. It was just a good vibe from start to finish. Sure. And it was because we all knew, okay, this is the record. Here's the record. Let's, let's hyper-focus. Let's dig in. And it, it was just a killer experience when you just show up and you're like, all right, I'm super passionate about it. But when I step in the studio, I almost have to let my hands off the wheel for a bit because I've been right. driving the car for the whole, like just me driving the car solo for a long <laughs> ways. And then you show up at the studio and you go, wow, these guys can really drive good. Let me let them drive for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> like no they're doubt. great drivers. I, you know, I'm getting in the backseat. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you, you know, John, the one thing with this release over the other, and, I, and I'm, you know, I'm a fan of, of Projected. I've liked everything that you've done for the past 10 years. This one, I think, has the most realistic chance i guess of actually having some stuff that could break through to radio as well not that the sure. others didn't but i i just feel like this one is so much more cohesive and it has a little bit more grit to it and a little little more oomph and bigger hooks and like it's the whole package do you feel that way this time or do you even care about that you know or, or is it possible because of you guys as other bands does that kind of hold you back from people considering it as its own entity um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's sort of hard when you're in it. Like I never look at what Alter Bridge is doing or, or I, I always think about what Seven Dust is doing, which sure. is sort of an interesting place to be. Cause it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to write the song that I just wrote over here 
and bring it over here. You know, like I don't want to mm-hmm. just shine it up and be like, hey, I'm, it's the same thing. We're doing the show sure. game here. Um, but it's like um, there was just a certain vibe about all of these songs. Um, there was a certain cohesiveness before we ever even got to the studio. But I think when you have something that's super together and then you bring it in and you hand it off to these these guys who are you know, each guy brings something that's so big to the to the the, the mix, you know, mm-hmm. what this sounds like. Vinny has a distinctive bass style. Scott Phillips has a very distinctive drumming style. And E-Rock is great about layering all these extra, you know, ear candy, you know, parts. And he can sing like a bird. You know, Vinny can sing too. I mean, he doesn't sing enough in this band. He will be live, I can promise you that. Um, nice. <laughs> but, you know, when you bring all those in there, um, and everyone's just, you know, all on the same page at the same time, you know, going through those same things. It's like, I don't know, man. It just felt, it felt more connected. I mean, sure. I think the, ra- the the radio thing is is sort of, I don't want to say it's predictable, um, but I tend to program. <laughs> okay. Like if I if I want to make a super heavy record, I listen to a lot of Pantera, a lot of Metallica, a lot of right. God, you know. I went down the rabbit hole. Like I just, I fell in love with pop music. Like I love metal. I trust me. I mean, I, sure. Metallica is probably one of my favorite bands of all time. You know, Pantera changed everything for me. Sure. Um, but so did Halsey. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when I heard the, especially the new one that Trent did with her, I was just, my eyes were open. Cause I went, okay, this is a completely different approach to an artist that I respect. Like Trent Reznor. I mean, he's, he's probably done more, you know, Soundgarden, Trent Reznor, those kind of bands when we were coming up in Seven Dust were huge influences. So sure. to see those two connect, I, you know, I was listening to a lot of Billie Eilish. I was listening to a lot of pop music, you know, and there's a certain pop sensibility about what Seven Dust does that I don't want to redo the same thing. Right. Um, but but there's a certain appreciation for the hook. Um, and I think that that was probably the most important thing for me was like, I don't want to just say something. I want to say something that someone may not even remember the words, but they remember the hook, you know, right. if you don't, you'll remember one or the other. Um, so that, that was a super conscious thing for me. It's like, and one of my guilty pleasures is just, you know, hooks. I mean, I love right. journey. <laughs> I'm Certainly, not going to say right. I don't, you know, as much as I love Pantera journey is a huge influence. I'm with you. Too. So, <laughs> you know, I think this time it was, it was sort of that, um, yeah, I remember when I when I came into the studio, we loaded in, we sat down, and Elvis busted his book up, and he goes, "So he goes, we're making a melodic record here. We're making the record full of hooks." And I went, "Okay," and he goes, "That's that's what I'm hearing." And I went, "Perfect," because that's exactly nice. what I thought. That's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to do. So, <laughs> well, you did I that. The, I think all the rest of the guys are sort of into that same mindset as well. You know, it's like, um, you know, you want to you want to have stuff that's that's cool. You right. want to have stuff that people sing back. You don't want it to be so challenging that they go, all right, how'd that part go again? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And you guys definitely did that. Well, well, John, I did want to ask you one question. Really doesn't have sure. to do with Seven Dust or or with Pro- Projected. It's sort of Seven Dust. You obviously just finished a tour. I, I was fortunate enough to be out in Cleveland at the mm-hmm. Cleveland gig. And um, I wanted to ask you about one of the openers because they're A, Mariah's my friend, and B, I, I just love them to death. Tell me about Plush because I saw all kinds of pictures out online 
online of you guys all wearing the plush shirts, uh, yeah. you know, at various shows and stuff. So I'm assuming you guys really liked working with them. So what do you think of a band that young that's that strong? You know, we met Brooke, um, God almighty, we probably met her five, four, five years ago. I mean, right. it, it was white. She was super young, like just getting going right um with with her youtube presence and you know we were like okay this is cool you know she was coming out she was a big fan of the band and then we saw the alter bridge cover right that plush had done and i was like wait a minute hold on a second time (laughs) out because they were like brooke you know the youtube girl i was like wait a second you know and we're all like all right this is actually pretty cool like really cool um from a multitude of reasons but it's just it's so refreshing to see a bunch of girls who can really play yeah. like you know not just up there just doing the thing just being you know trying to be part of the show like okay we got girls it wouldn't matter if they were girls or not if you close your eyes and you go this sounds exactly like Hunter bridge with a girl singing sure you know solos nailed everything nailed that was our first exposure to it and then it was a, it was an easy one because brooke was so close and she had done vips you know we had mm-hmm. hung out and everything it was an easy conversation to have, you know, it was like, Hey, you know, you should do some dates with us. And then they started playing. And I mean, they're a super young band, but they're making a name for themselves right now. And it's, it's, it's cool to see. um, It's cool to see girls that can really, really play their instruments. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. They play better than we do. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know that a lot of people will go that far, but (laughs) They are definitely talented, but obviously, man, you are talented as well. You've got this brand new release. It is projected hypoxia. It's out June the 24th. And where should we tell people to go to get the, get the record, keep up on shows, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Rat pack, uh, rap, rap pack records, um, is going to have everything projected over there. We've actually got all three records over there, uh, okay, on their website right now. As far as shows go, um, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that we have a little bit more, uh, luck with the timing i think after the seven dust record we're going to hit the studio in july um probably july august and then we'll do a short we have one other short run in september but after that i think we're going to shut down for a minute so there is a window okay (laughs) there is a window where i might not have to be the guy doing double duty Uh, but we'll see you know it's sort of um it's a good spot to be in because our manager now manages everything he manages Ultra Bridge, Seven Dust, Tremonti, Projected. Okay. So he's sensitive to the fact that there's a lot of moving parts. And he's really good at this. Like, if sure. he can somehow or another figure out the Guns N' Roses slash Miles, Ultra Bridge, Tremonti schedule, I think <laughs> we could figure out how to slide a little. Right. You know, might might be a handful of dates here or there. But we feel, um, we feel pretty strong about the fact that we're going to have an opportunity to take this out there. So very good. Awesome. Well, one more time. The album is called hypoxia. It is projected. And John, thanks as always for joining me here on Chris Aker presents. Absolutely. Thank you much. (laughs) 